listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to another episode of the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. This is Jess O'Reilly, your friendly neighborhood sexologist. Yes, every neighborhood needs a sexologist. And I'm here to share insights and research you can use today to improve your relationship in and out of the bedroom. Today's episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com. Shop for all the sexy things you can find and save. Whoa, 50% off almost any item plus free shipping with code Jess at adamandeve.com. That's right, it's my narcissistic code. Jess for 50% off almost any item. Now, today's topic hmm, is sex and humor, and my guest is someone I've admired for many years from afar, not in a creepy way, I swear, stand-up comedian <laughs> Deborah DiGiovanni. Am I pronouncing the Italian for your name right? That's perfect. Yes, that's perfect. Thank you very much. Welcome. Thank you for, ha- thank you for being here. Oh, and, pleasure's um, mine. Pleasure's mine. I've been watching your YouTube videos and you talk about being a woman, you talk about your body, you talk about sex and abstaining from sex (laughs) online. (laughs) Yeah, you talk about your own life from your own perspective, you know, like I think most comedians do. And so what I want to know is what's the landscape for a woman in comedy these days? Do you have as much latitude as your male colleagues do you face you know resistance specific to your gender what's going on out there in la la land well you would i'm 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 sorry to say that it's not as advanced yet as it should be it gets better It, it really gets better every year um you know i've been doing comedy 17 years now and if i look back to when i started it's really different it's 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 so much better there's so many more women and uh there's freedom and and Men and just basic humans realize that women do comedy. Um, but, you know, it, it's still, we still have this cloak of, you know, there's a little bit of oppression still. There still is this sort of weird belief that women aren't funny. Um, and um, that, you hello, know, a woman, we're hilarious. Yes, I know. It, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's one of those things that it boggles the brain. It just, it just does. And there's also still, you know, there is a little bit um, of an old fashioned sort of ideal from a lot of men that think a woman should, you know, not be talking about certain things and it should, should be, you know, clean. And, and it's, that's, it's, it's still very odd. Like it's still, it really makes you scratch your head. But, but that being said, it's so much better. It's so much better. Now it's just, you know, um, there's a, there's a lot more freedom. Men get it. Women are sexual. They're going to talk about it. We're honest. You know, it's like we all can laugh about the same things. And, you know, a woman can, a woman talking about sex can be, you know, funny and, and not, you know, scandalous or anything. Like it, it's much, I look forward to like the next like 10 years, what it's going to be like, you know, we're going to be, dare to say it, equal. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're a little more optimistic if you're giving it a decade. I, I think it's interesting that you, you know, you answered that question. Your first two words were, well, I'm sorry to say. And I don't know I if that's know. a female thing or if that's a Canadian holdover for you. Probably a little bit of both. Probably yeah. a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. And I think as women, we also feel pressure to always be positive about things, right? Yeah. Like getting yeah. better. And I, I don't, I mean, I do, I think we're living in the best time in history. And I talk about that often. Yes. 
However, I don't think we can stop screaming, screaming and yelling. I don't think we should. Oh, say- no, no. We still have to. Yeah, we still have to be very loud. Um, and that's OK with me. I'm fine with that. I, I enjoy being loud. I really do. <laughs> so, and good. that probably makes you very good at what you do. Now, we have research yeah. suggesting that women, hetero women, are attracted to funny men. But men aren't attracted oh. to funny women necessarily. They're attracted to women who think they're, they, as in the man, are funny. So, a.k.a. we laugh at their jokes. Um, exactly. You know, gender and sexual orientation aside, what do you make of this? So, men, men want to be seen as funny. They don't really care yeah. if women are funny, supposedly, which I think is ridiculous. Like, I think... Yeah. I think it's the most important thing. I actually think humor is more important than communication in relationships. Mm, make of wow. this? Men, men wanting, or hetero men, okay? At least we don't have data on same-sex, attra- uh, on gay men as much. But they want women who just laugh at their jokes. What do we do with this? That's exactly, you know, that's, I, you're one of the first people that I've heard that's, you know, said that and admitted that because, you know, for so long, it's, they've always said men love a woman with a good sense of humor, but what they're, what they're forgetting to tell us is they don't mean like a good sense of humor means someone that laughs, someone that gets humor, do you know what I mean? That understands jokes and has a fun time. They're not saying a funny woman. They would say funny woman if they meant it, you know, and they just, they still do. They still want to be the center of attention and they still want to be, you know, uh, the jokester in, in the relationship. And it's just, I find it very, um, I find it a little sad and very weak of men, but I will tell you this though, Jess, I do believe that that is uh, an older generation. Um, I feel like younger generation is much more open to funny women and wow, it's very refreshing. It is millennials and, you know, just, Men under the age of 30, they're much more open to women being the ones that make them laugh, of letting women have the center stage and just sort of enjoying their, their woman's you know, um, humor and just kind of letting, you know, maybe being, oh gosh, dare to say it, like, you know, the quiet one in the relationship. <laughs> yeah, but I do, I feel like it, 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 it's a different generation that kind of wants, and I always think like when men, you know, um, don't want women to be funny, I always think that they're saying like, you know, be quiet, women, we don't want to hear from you. And that's, you know, on a deeper level, that's just, you know, that just, that can't be, that's unacceptable. So do you date men under 30? Is that your, your MO? <laughs> I'm putting it out there. Do you see what I did there? <laughs> that was my sneaky way of letting everybody know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am open for discussion, men between the age of 25 and 30. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I know, look at that. find her. <laughs> I, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't dated men much younger than me, but I, I do notice at shows that the men, cause you know, men, uh, my age and men older than me have a tendency to come up and say, my girlfriend thinks you're funny. And uh. that is just, I, oh, it's so, it's, it's so sad. It's cute. You know, it's like, oh, really? You can't say that you find me, your girlfriend. Okay. Okay. But yeah. younger men have a tendency to be, you know, I think you're great. You're so funny. And yeah, be very open about it. That's really interesting. I mean, again, that moves into the my belief that the world's getting better and this next generation. Yeah. I mean, we know that they're smarter, faster, everything than us. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a little scary, but it's great. Yeah, yeah. So now I want to talk about a piece of research I came across. So I'll give you a bit of background. Yeah. So this research suggests that how often women experience orgasm as a result of sexual intercourse is related to their partner's income, self-confidence, and how attractive he is. But, and, orgasm intensity is also related to how attracted they are to their partners, obviously, but also 
their partner's sense of humor. So a partner's sense of humor is positively correlated with a woman's, listen to this, propensity to initiate sex, how often they have sex, and orgasm frequency. So you got to tell me, you must date Canadian. Wow. And you, I'm sure you have sex with yourself, too. So is it true? Are funny <laughs> people better in bed? <laughs> I think, you know what, I, I, I stand by that. I really do. I think that that does make perfect sense to me because, you know, funny people are confident people. Funny people, you know, they trust their own instincts. And I think that that relates to a lot of, a lot of those statistics. I mean, if you, if you are, you know, able to stand in front of a group of people and make them laugh confidently and not worry about being judged or telling someone to shush you, that makes sense <laughs> that you'd be, you're more, you know, uh, capable and apt to, like, make the first move. And let's be honest, I mean, sex can really be funny. I mean, like, there's awkwardness and there's, um, and, you know, there's sort of like a delight that lends to, to laughter. And I think that that's, that's a big bonus. Like, if you have trouble laughing at yourself, your sex life is probably going to be a little vanilla, you know, a little lukewarm. Oh, I um, totally right? agree. Think? Yeah. The ability to for laugh sure, at yourself. Sure. And I mean, the, a big part oh. of like the best comedians, and I've, of course, watched your comedy, a lot of the self-deprecating humor, which, by the way, I use on stage all the time because I walk out yes, there yes. as a sexologist. I've got these letters after my name. I'm in five-inch heels. Yes, yeah. I gotta let everyone know that, like, I suck in bed. Like, I can teach you to give a blowjob, but, you know, I only practice exactly. that. <laughs> The real it brings you down. It, it connects you with people. Do you know? I've always, whenever someone says about self-deprecating humor that they kind of look at it like awe. It's like no, not awe. It's we're just we're just connecting with people. It's our little broken spots and our little real spots that really connect us as humans. You know. So it's like letting people know that you know that you're just like a regular person who also happens to look great in high heels and talk about blowjobs. It's fine. It's good. You know. That's what. That's what we need. That's what, that's what I think what relaxes an audience and they can really connect with you. Same thing with sex. See, look at this. Yeah. It's all correlated. Because things are going to get like messy and loud and crunchy and yeah. squishy and yes. you're, you're going to slip. Yes. And, and our bodies sometimes make noises we can't control and it's yeah, funny. Like and we. you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Come on. If you can't laugh at that, I mean, get out of the bedroom. Like seriously. Yeah, and laughter really, it cuts the tension. It minimizes yes. embarrassment. And yeah. dirty yeah. talk is my favorite thing. Like, I always say that if you yeah. can learn to talk dirty, this is coming from a woman oh, who's yeah. been with the same partner for 16 years. Like, oh, I can goodness. talk this man's ear off. And guess what? Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Never, I never have to get on top. Yeah. <laughs> he still thinks I'm good in bed, but it's because I can talk. But when you talk dirty, you screw up a lot, right? Like Amazing. Yes, absolutely. You know, he'll say something like, oh, I just want to feel you inside of me. And he's like, oops, I didn't mean. I'm like, oh, really? Nope. Sorry, man. Right? I, done. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I wish, I wish there was more of that for sure. Absolutely. You see, I mean, like there is, there's that little sort of like just joyous little things that happen that, you know, that make you giggle, you know? Um, I also think a lot, you know, um, uh, often in the audience, you know, there's sort of a, uh, there's usually first dates, you know, or a date. Uh, comedy is a good date night, you know, and yeah, I'm telling you the truth. You come, people come up to you after shows and say, you know, thank you so much for helping me get laid. Cause it just, <laughs> it relaxes everybody. Do you know what I mean? It's, I mean, you, okay. Seriously, men listening, you get a woman laughing. Oh, I mean, the relaxation factor is, you know, cause I mean like orgasm and laughing, it's, you know, they're on the same page, maybe not the same paragraph, but they're definitely on the same page. You know, if you ever made yeah, someone laugh true. so hard that they're, they can't breathe. I mean, like, come they on, pee? like that. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're going with. You know what I mean? Like that's, I mean, truly. So it's like, it's always, it's a good date night. It, comedy is always a good date night. And, um, and there's got, there's something about that. That's, there is definitely, um, you know, a connection between laughter and sex. It just works. Yeah, there's some evolutionary research in the area that suggests that laughter is a way that we communicate that we're not threatening to others. Yes. And, oh, interesting. That's good. Yeah, and wow, it, makes, yeah. it really makes sense to me. Now, you your being on stage means that you have dealt, and I think probably more as a, as a female comic, um, you deal with rejection. You deal with yeah. letdown. You deal with disappointment. Mm-hmm. And we need that in the bedroom. Like you can be an incredible, successful comedian and bomb a show. And you can be an incredible lover. And it sucks sometimes. Like it's not a 10 out of 10. And I think that we treat sex as very special. Like, oh, it's got to be mind-blowing every single time. Sometimes it's just like a maintenance oil change. You just got to like get it done. So you don't hate each other. And I think that you must learn some of that from the stage. So like Absolutely. what do you learn from the comedy world that you apply in your, in your relationships? I, in your I think, yeah, I, I think you nailed it. I think it's like, um, you, definitely, you know, even after doing comedy for so long, you know, bombing doesn't happen as often as it used to, but there are still nights where just everything, it just doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like you, you know, it can be the same thing. Like you've got your best undies on, you're doing all your moves <laughs> and it just falls flat and we don't know why you know and that those are the days that you go okay that you know that happened you move on you don't quit after that you don't be like i'm done that's it you just yeah, go yeah. there's another show tomorrow i have another show in two hours whatever you do you know what i mean that that's it you have to get you know you have to get back on the horse if you will you know what i mean it's <laughs> do just, I really? Pardon me. really have to get back on the horse yeah <laughs> can't i just use it's my plug lovely. and play can't i use like the electric rocker yes exactly that's it you go home and you know what I mean? You either take care of yourself, you have a laugh with your friends after a show because your bomb's so bad. It's all, it's all the same. And it's true. Um, you know, being uh, the, sort of the disappointment and, and rejection of like, again, if it's just not always going well and not knowing why, I think yeah. really prepares you for relationships because we don't get to know why things don't go well all the time, you know? And it's like, you know, on stage, you, jokes that work all the time, you know, think, why are you laughing? It's just, you can't, you'll never get the answer. You'll never get the answer. So it's but, the same of like, why didn't he text back? Why is he gone? Why did he, I mean, it's just, you'll never get that answer. And I, I do think like all forms of performance kind of help that way. You know, they, they really do. It's like, it's, I mean, it's still not fun, but it, no, you know, it's kind of, of you. you're, you're used to it a little bit more, you know? And you can't hang your head in shame. Like it's the same thing that you no. do your erection in bed or you can't get into it yeah, one day yeah. no, or you're exactly. in the of it and you decide, you know what? Like, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the kids or I'm thinking about the dishes or I'm thinking yeah. about a big project. It's not the Just end an of the off world. Night. Yeah. And exactly. sometimes an you, know, off night. you must know this. It's not you. It's them. Oh yeah. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it really is. And that's that I would say that's the one thing about comedy that doesn't relate to sex because often um comedy, you know, we never blame the room, right? Like it's always you know, so it's like I could have done better, I could have done better. But let's be honest, just like there are times where you're like, No, no, no it was them. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. There's just you're like, I'm doing all my stuff here. It's them. But like, there's an old adage that it's like, never blame the room. And like, sometimes you gotta blame the room. Sometimes you got, and that's the one thing that I would say. It's like, no, no, no. It's, it's not always our fault that it doesn't go well. You know, it's, I think that's a 50, 50, maybe even a 60, 40 on their part. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Yeah. As, and as, the, as much as you're into it. Yeah. 
Yeah, being a performer, you know that, you know, if you don't have a great night, um, and I don't want to, you know, say that sex is a performance, because I do think it's more of an experience. But yes, you know, yeah. if you don't have a great night, I always kind of think about, because I'm on stage, although I'm not a comedian, I am hilarious, of course, I tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny for me, I think it has to do with my appearance and the topic. I get up there with my jokes and people don't know if they should laugh. Like they're like, if I, yeah. if I said this is a sex and comedy show, they'd laugh, but they're yeah. just, they're like, am I allowed to laugh? Will she think, will they think, yeah. will she think that I'm laughing at her? But yeah, yeah. you know, when, when you're on stage and it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. You look back, no. I always think like in 20 years, am I going to care about this night? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's the benefit of, yeah, Sorry. it's not the end of the world. There's always another show. Hopefully yeah. there's always another relationship. You know what I mean? I also feel like too that that's what when, um, people get stuck, like when a relationship ends or something goes sour. I feel like, and I, I do feel like it might be more women than men that we feel like that's it. That's the last one. I'm never going to have someone again. And yeah. it's just, it's, that's what performance teaches. There's another one. We promise there's another one around the corner. It may not be immediately, but mm -hmm. it will, it will come, you know, it will, it will. And I, I feel like a lot of the times, I don't think men suffer from this as much as women, but we do have that sort of like, once you failed, it's over. And I, it, that's, it's just not the case. I think it's a fear of being, being vulnerable, right? Like it feels so yes, bad. Absolutely. Hurt. Yeah, yeah. I think rejection yeah. is one of the most important um, experiences in life. And mm -hmm. because when you learn to deal with, with rejection, you learn to embrace it and know that like there's a positive redemptive value to it. And people in show business get that <laughs> because your life yeah, is. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's very true. Like if you, I mean, seriously, if we laid down, you know, rolled over, didn't get out of bed every time someone said no. I mean, your career would be very short. You know, this is the, this is sort of the world of no. Um, and you know, it's also too, it's like, even on that point, it's also very, it's also a good thing to learn to, you know, get no gracefully, hear no gracefully and, mm -hmm. you know, take rejection like, you know, a champ kind of. And I think that also helps in relationships, you know what I mean? Especially how relationships are formed now online. You don't get to often, you know, talk to the person or see the person face to face and the rejection can be like, you know, it can be swift. And I think that just, you know, being able to just accept that very gracefully and kind of move on, I think that's a real, real bonus. That's something that's really going to help you in finding a mate. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. as a comedian, what is your best sex advice for my listeners? <laughs> I would say, um, you know, uh, trust yourself, trust your instincts. And, and shyness, I understand, I, I do get it, but I think you still have to have humor with the shyness. If you're shy, kind of, you know, make jokes about it. It's, 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 I think laughter will always, always um, relax things. So no matter if you're, you know, a bit, you're a go-getter, if you're the aggressor, if you're the shy one, I think if you like temper it with a little bit of humor, it's always gonna work out, you know what I mean? And it's all, a, a laugh in the bedroom is, is n nothing's better than that. You know, it really isn't. I mean, no pointing and laughing, but laughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure there's no, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know that one from experience. And, and the <laughs> yeah, that one. That one never works. Trust me on that. Big mistake. Yeah. And you know, laughter is a part of dirty talk too. I always tell people that everything oh, yeah. I learned about dirty talk, I learned from my mother, my Chinese Jamaican. Oh my God. She doesn't know it, but she used to say oh. to me as a kid, Jessica, yeah. it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's how you say it. Absolutely. I was always in trouble for my tongue. Yeah, absolutely. Dirty talk can be like the humorous part where you, if you are shy, and I like that you're giving advice to shy people. Um, you yeah. Know, 
where you just play with like, do you want this? Or do you want me? Yeah. Like, you don't want yeah. this, do you? So dirty talk doesn't have to be like, yeah, put your blank in my blank and blank me somewhere. Blank, exactly. Blank, blank. It doesn't always have to be aggressive. It can, it can be, there can be a sweetness to it too, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so thank you so much. Tell me where, uh, where oh. can our people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Deborah D. Giovanni. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Deborah DG38 uh, and all over Los Angeles. If you're ever in LA, come out and see me. And you're on iTunes every Wednesday. I see you have Killing Time. Exactly. We have, uh, yeah, I have a podcast every Wednesday morning. So just a little quick one. So that's a fun one to listen to if, you're, if your people want to. Awesome. They do like mon they like Wednesday morning quickies. So we'll. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hump day. There. It's hump day. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And uh, every other Monday night, where can they find you? Every other Monday night, we're at FUBAR in West Hollywood. And we do, um, we do a free comedy show at 8.30 every other Monday. Uh, so the next one is November 6th. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Great. Thank you so much. I've had fun. That was fun for me. I hope it was as good for you as it was for me. I mean, I care more about myself. I'm greedy like that. But I, I wanted to touch on one quick point before I wrap up uh, that Deborah brought up, and that has to do with rejection. And I think we need to talk a little bit about gender and rejection, because in a world that really frames dating, at least in the heterosexual world, as something that men are expected to initiate, we are training men to anticipate and deal with rejection. But in this world, if women don't initiate relationships, if they don't initiate conversations, if they don't ask partners out on dates, we are avoiding rejection. And in avoiding rejection, we're reinforcing the erroneous belief that rejection is dangerous, unmanageable, uh, and I think that further intensifies our fear of rejection, much like anxiety, for instance, right? If you have an anxiety trigger, the worst thing you can do for that anxiety is avoid that trigger. The best thing you can do is slowly expose yourself to that trigger. So we, we talk about in cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, an exposure hierarchy. And I think that we need to look at rejection in, in a similar fashion. I think we need to train ourselves to accept that rejection is a part of life. And as Deborah said, it's a world of no's if you're in show business. Like it's, it's 99 no's or 999 no's before you hit the yes. And you will never hit the yes unless you go through those no's. Now, let me be really clear. I'm not talking about consent here. I'm talking about um, a willingness to put yourself out there and push your comfort zone when it comes to dating and when it comes to sex. So in the hetero dating world, if men are expected to do 90% of the initiating and asking out, women are missing out on a really important part of life and I know I, I think I struggled with this, uh, not so much in terms of dating, but in terms of failure, uh, avoiding anything that could potentially lead me to failure uh, because I hadn't encountered failure. I think I'd been too protected from failure growing up. And this wasn't something I learned till my 30s. So my point is we need to learn what rejection feels like. We learn, need to learn to manage it. We need to learn to process it in a healthy way and know that you're still awesome and you're still dateable and you're still beautiful and you're still wonderful, even if you've been 
rejected because as I said to Deborah, sometimes it's not about you. It's about them. It's about the fact that you guys are not the right fit. It's not that you're not the right fit for somebody or many people. It's just one person. Now that's when it comes to dating. And I think that's a, a fairly gendered notion. I think I've, I hope I've been clear about this. Basically, you need to put yourself out there and you need to experience rejection. And the more you avoid rejection, the worse it's going to feel when you inevitably experience it. And again, that's regardless of gender. The next piece is within relationships. The second most common complaint I saw when I was seeing couples, um, and I still hear it, the first is differentials and desire. And the second is the expectation that one person does all the sexual initiating. The complaint that I am always the one initiating sex. And I don't think things need to be 50-50, but I do think that there needs to be some reciprocity and shared, I don't think I want to use the word responsibility, shared experience in initiating sex and in having your partner initiate sex with you because it feels good on both ends to have the, the power and the confidence to do so and have the power and confidence to receive should you be in the mood or willing to get in the mood. So I want you to think about in your relationship, do you initiate as often as you might like to or you, you should or as often as your partner what, might want? I know this is something I struggle with. I have a lot of difficulty initiating sex. Um, for a number of reasons that I can't get into now, but this is something I have to push myself on and remind myself that it's not fair to leave it to my partner. And in the most extreme of cases, what happens, and it's very common, even though I say it's extreme, is one person does all the initiating, which, is, which means that one person experiences the exclusive experience of being rejected and the other person doesn't. And eventually they get tired of it. They get resentful. They stop and they stop having sex altogether. So please, consider leaning into possibilities of rejection because only when you do so are you leaning in toward possibilities of acceptance and connection. So think about the way you see rejection, please, and maybe we'll do a whole episode on that. I have to wrap up because we're out of time. This episode has been brought to you again by adamandeve.com. Save 50% off almost any item with code J-E-S-S. -S. That's right, Jess, at adamandeve.com. We love hearing from you. Please find us on social media at Sex with Dr. Jess. And until next week, have a good one, folks. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.